fellow goths, horror enthusiasts, and children of the sun and moon. I am your humble Los Angeles witch, Moonchild Nil, and welcome to the first episode of 2021 of Midnight Tea. So, I know it's a few days late, but Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to 2021. If you are hearing this episode of this podcast, that means you made it. Congratulations. Now tell me, I am not the only one who, the minute we hit that midnight 2021 threshold, you just woke up the next day in such a better mood. I surely did. I woke up at around nine that morning and I just felt like I survived the apocalypse. Like I just shedded a giant weight of stress and left it behind in 2020. Now, I also understand nothing truly did change. We are still living in a very dangerous time of COVID-19. And now we're even under more stress because of the UK version that has now been branched and it is now spreading into the US. I'm still optimistic. I woke up very optimistic in such a good mood that I ended up going to my favorite bakery, which is called 85 Degrees. It's a Chinese bakery. Um, They have multiple locations all over Los Angeles. And, you know, just went and got myself a hot milk tea from them, which is my favorite drink from them. And theirs is excellent. And got a few of their really amazing pastries and just took a drive, you know, through all my favorite little locations throughout Los Angeles. I went to Glendale, I went to Burbank and just drove around and just took a nice look and just absorbed all the positivity that I could because as as many as people say every year this is my year this is the year that's going to get better we have a chance to make 2021 separate from 2020 and I know again as we're still battling COVID I'm still suggesting and telling everybody please do as I'm doing please wash and sanitize your hands often please social distance don't have large parties and of course I can't ask or beg enough for everybody to please wear your masks. It's going to be soon, hopefully, that every one of us will have a vaccine in our system, hopefully in the next couple of months. It's just being patient up until that happens. But for you as my listeners, I am hoping that you all are coming into 2021 with optimism, love in your heart. Just go out there and live, you know, live, love and laugh in 2021 As a famous quote from Back to the Future said by Dr. Emmett Brown, a.k.a. Christopher Lloyd, your future is not written yet, so make it a good one. All right, guys, let's get into the disclaimer that tonight's episode may contain strong language, possible spoilers for books, TV and media and dark topics. So this is your viewer or listener discretion advised. All right, guys, let's start this episode off with a question that I had in my previous one in which I asked you guys to go to my DMs and tell me what was your favorite gift that you got this year for Christmas or your holiday season. And some of you guys sent me some really good ones. Um, I'm not going to go into everybody's screen name just because I feel like that'll take a lot of time, but we'll just go ahead and rattle off some of the cool things you guys said you got. Um, Somebody said that they got themselves a anxiety blanket, or sorry, an anxiety blanket. Good for you. I want one of my own too. I haven't gotten one yet. But those are weighted blankets for people who have increased anxiety and panic attacks. And these blankets are weighted. They can weigh anywhere between 15 to 20 pounds. Those are incredibly cool. 
Um, most Targets, Walmarts uh, sell them. Amazon sells them too. If you get a chance, if you feel like you might need one, those are totally for you. So congratulations on that note. Um, another person said they have gotten the entire Harry Potter book collection in a tr- the trunk collection. I'm super jealous because um, I don't own any hard copies of the book outside of the Deathly Hollows. Uh, I know Barnes and Nobles does sell the trunk that comes with all seven books, and of course, it ex- it excludes it excludes um, the Cursed Child, which that's fine because you don't need it. But hey, congratulations! I'm super jealous. I'm only reading most of my books through Audible, so I just have them digital. But good for you! Congratulations on that. I hope you enjoy them. And let's see what else. Someone also said they also got Copic markers for their art collection. Congratulations! Those are great markers. I haven't started using mine just yet, and I want to start doing art um, TikToks, so congratulations to you for that as well. Another user said that they received oh, excuse me, a subscription to Box of Goth. I'm wildly jealous. That thing is so fucking cool. Now, what Box of Goth is, you know how like there's subscription boxes for nerdy things like Loot Crate? where you can get your favorite nerd culture um, stuff, but it's all randomized and it's sent to you in a box every every month. Well, there's one just for goths and it's called Box of Goth. And every month you get a randomized gift. It could be anything. It could be coffee mugs. It could be towels. It could be um, herbs for witchcraft. It could be rings. It's all randomized. You never know what you're going to get. You get a box every month and it gets shipped to you in a coffin. It comes in a coffin box. How cool is that? And like I said, it's a once a month thing. It's a subscription box. And I believe they come... Um, they, they're priced in euro, so I can't really... I'm not good at um, exchange rates, but it's 23 euro. 23 to 25 euro. Because it is a UK based. It's very cool. And yeah, if you get the chance, go check them out on their Instagram, Box of Goth. I wish I had the affordable funds to get a subscription box too. So whoever gifted you that, they honestly love you. That is truly, truly amazing. And my last but not least, I have some friends that said that they got themselves new Harry Potter sweaters. Some of them said they got Quidditch sweaters, whether it was the official ones released through Warner Brothers or Universal. Or they said they got the one from the Her Universe collection. And these friends of mine are Slytherins and Hufflepuffs. So congratulations to you guys. I don't have a Quidditch sweater. I really want one, especially for my trip in the next uh, couple weeks. But congratulations. Wear them well. Kick some ass and catch the golden snitch. Um, I actually got one more gift for myself from one of my artist friends who gifted me these beautiful uh, Ravenclaw arm socks and over-the-knee socks from this company based out of Oregon called Sock Dreams. And their collection of socks and thigh highs are absolutely adorable. Some of them are not even goth, if that's not your thing, but rainbow colored and special printing and odd stripes. And of course, Harry Potter themed. So if you get the chance, go and check them out at Sock Dream on Instagram. Oh, sorry, Sock Dreams with an S at the end on Instagram. Or their website, SockDreams.com. All 
right, guys, before I start my shout out to a gothic online clothing store doing a sale, I want to say thank you to some of you guys who have actually listened to some of the awesome discounts and sales that I had mentioned in previous episodes. And I've actually went out and purchased from these websites and then came back and told me, thank you for recommending this. This was great because this was a gift for myself or a friend or a loved one. And I wouldn't have known unless you had told me. So thank you so much for that. So I guess in turn, I'm saying thank you as well, because I'm here to help you guys get good deals. And for tonight, I am recommending Rogue and Wolf, which is a company I've bought from many times. And they are currently doing a 20% off store-wide sale. And some of their great items that are 20% off includes their Lost in the Void long sleeve tee, their Midnight Mug, which I own and absolutely love, the Sworn Enemy Knitted Sweater for Your Furry Companion, the Dark Matter Cardigan, which I own and is my absolute favorite, and even the Death Tarot phone case. So go ahead and give Rogue and Wolf a checkout, and remember to use promo code JANUARY, or sorry, JANUARY, just J-A-N-2-0, for 20% off across the store. That's RogueandWolf.com. All right, guys, so let's get into the meat and potatoes of tonight's episode, and that is talking about The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina Season 4 or the series finale. Now, I'm going to let you guys know right now, and I'll alert you later on in this topic, that there are going to be spoilers. There are going to be major spoilers, but I will let you know ahead of time before I decide to jump into that. But yeah, my overall review for the series finale was, I'm going to say anticlimactic. Now, I also understand that when the announcement came that the series was going to end, it was a little abrupt, and they at least wanted to do the final season and just so that it could close out, give the, the audience some kind of closure to the series as a whole. And I'm here for that. But I hate when this happens with not just The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, but any TV show that ends abruptly is they end it on um, kind of like on an ass-kissing note. Um, it's Sabrina is also not exempt from this because that's kind of how I felt about the ending. I felt it was a bit cliche. I There was things leading up to it that kind of alluded to the ending that we got, which, fine, I guess... I just feel like for a series that started slow as fuck and slowly over two seasons built my love and to end on this note, a little, a little, uh, a little sour, I think is the best way I could describe that is just a little sour. Um, now we're going to get into spoiler territory. I really do want to keep this as spoilerless as possible, but I feel like there's no way I can discuss it without. So I'm going to give you guys a minute to understand yet again, I'm going to spoil a lot right now, including the ending of the series. If you really don't want to know that ending, I suggest you go ahead and skip on to the next topic I choose to discuss. I'm giving you that second right now. Okay, you ready? All right, we're jumping into Sabrina season four spoiler territory. Um, this is more of a, a spoiler that happens kind of throughout the last season. Does Salem not become her familiar anymore? Because he's hanging out with Ambrose a lot. Like a lot, a lot. And 
I'm like, it kind of negates the whole thing that he is her familiar. And instead is just kind of hanging out with Ambrose in the morgue. Now, don't get me wrong. I hate to say it. I think Ambrose is a much cooler character than Sabrina. But yeah, this is, this doesn't, it doesn't jive. It doesn't feel right. Um, next, when did Ambrose and Prudence kind of kiss and make up? Because they ended season three kind of hating each other. And she has all the reason in the world to hate him. But yeah, that kiss and makeups came out of nowhere and it came pretty quickly. So I don't know if I'm exactly thrilled about that. Um, now, in terms of the special cameo we got from the two original aunties from Sabrina the Teenage Witch, I'm happy to say that it is more than just one glorified cameo. As a matter of fact, it's more of a glorified cameo in one episode and in the other, it's more about them. And I really like that. I don't want to go too much into spoilers on their part in the series, in the episodes. Um, I, that is one thing I really feel like you should enjoy for yourselves, especially from, again, like people like me who grew up with Sabrina the Teenage Witch. This is really awesome. And to see them again, I mean, and you know, time has passed. They've gotten a little older, but they're still fucking awesome. They're still beautiful. They look great. Um, and I know some of you like me might have thought, oh, well, if they got the aunties back, does that mean we also get Melissa Joan Hart back? Here's another spoiler. No. I know we kind of wanted that, you know, kind of to, you know, combine realities here. But no, that doesn't happen. Um, I think it is just the two original aunties that come back. There is kind of a jump into seeing an alternate Salem that does actually talk. And as far as I know, it's not the original voice actor of the original Salem. His jokes were nowhere near as a snap as our beloved Salem from Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which that hurts. But it's okay. Um, also, again, another different spoiler is the flip between Nick, Scratch, and his relationship with Sabrina. Because season four starts off with him and Prudence having a major sexual relationship, which fine since they broke up on kind of bad terms in the end of season three. And I don't know. I feel like they do, they do get back together, but it's not, it feels forced. I think it's just fan service more than anything. It doesn't give you, it's not, it doesn't feel earned. You know, when something happens in a series because the fans just want it, they don't ease you into this the right way. And I feel like this was the problem we had with their relationship and there seems to still be this kind of hang up with Sabrina and still wanting Harvey Kinkle and I don't know I hate that love triangle situation because now he's dating Rosalind but now there's this this odd relationship between um between him and and you know some some major things that happened to Rosalind and now he's kind of still leaning back into kind of still having feelings for Sabrina and I don't like that I mean in some way these teenage dramas work but in others like this it doesn't it's not again not earned it's just kind of out of left field to kind of I know this term's kind of dated but kind of marry Sue the main character and I'm not here for that um but I love that in the series we do go back we check in with Sabrina Morningstar who now takes over hell and this is one of those spoilers where it's like you obviously have to watch the series to get where I'm talking get what I'm talking about I love that we do get to check in with Sabrina Morningstar and she becomes engaged to Caliban that super gorgeous 
uh, clay man that we ended up meeting in season three in Sabrina's tryouts in hell. And I'm here for that. And um, they do eventually get married and Sabrina's wedding dress, Sabrina Morningstar's wedding dress in that, in that scene is amazing. I love it. I would love to replicate it. Uh, similar to the gold dress that she wears in season three. Now this is worn by Sabrina Spellman. It has like these, it's like this gold feathered corset. It's like a masquerade dress. It's beautiful. I will absolutely draw that at some point. I would love to replicate it. But Sabrina Morningstar's red wedding dress, epic. I loved it. It was gorgeous. Um, so yeah, that kind of covers the main things I wanted to spoil in terms of the series overall. But now this is where I'm going to get into the ending, which again, like I said, if you really don't want to know the spoilers to the ending, I'm encouraging you to jump ahead and go on to my next topic. But if you don't care about that and you're cool with listening to spoilers, I'm giving you a second to change your mind. All right. All right. We're jumping into it. I feel like no matter what the creators or the writers decided to do, any ending they would have given would not have been satisfying for the series. Maybe it's just me, but I feel like the ending to have Sabrina die is super anticlimactic. Um, I get it because we've we've had too many deus ex machinas with Sabrina somehow cheating death and that's fine. I can understand that. I just feel this one just tried way too hard to pull back and forth with Sabrina's life and having her switch with uh, Sabrina Morningstar and she's in her body now but Sabrina's real body is dead and it almost doesn't make sense. I'm just... And on top of that, too, the last episode doesn't still left with the little plot holes. Like, we know Father Blackwood is now going to be scattered across the globe, but whatever happened to Judas and Judith? We don't know what happened to them. I kind of would like to... I guess Mary and... Um, uh, Sabrina's uh, principal is, I guess the narrator of the final episode all the way up to the end and her stories like this Lovecraftian tale, which I don't kind of understand and anything that I don't understand, please feel free to correct me in my DMS. Um, and I guess Lilith took over hell by killing, uh, Lucifer with the, the spear of Longinus, which great, but you know, it's still kind of left me with like, Hmm. And lastly, I didn't care that Nick died. I'm going to just say it. I didn't care that he died. And he basically went swimming in the Sea of Sorrows and basically drowned, which let him go to heaven and see Sabrina, which I thought that was, again, anticlimactic. Like, technically a suicide... We've always been taught that suicides lead you to hell because it's a selfish act. But he did it because he wanted to see Sabrina, so it's fine? I don't know. I, I don't agree with the ending and what you know they wanted it to be like a bittersweet happily ever after i'm kind of not here for it so i'm sad to say that that was the ending we got for the chilling adventures of sabrina and that's a shame if anything maybe it'll get a, a comic book spinoff where it ties up any loose ends that some of us might have had in terms of questions about it i kind of hope that we can get something more because yeah i wasn't satisfied with that ending and, I mean, no matter what they did, I think we were going to be hurting. Like, even if they let Sabrina live, 
I don't know, maybe, maybe I did want that happily ever after and she lives. But I don't know, you guys feel free to debate me in my DMs. Maybe we'll bring it up in my next week's episode. But in terms of what I stand for, I'm sorry. I wanted more out of Sabrina. This ending was a little bit of a letdown. But for me as a costume designer, some of, like I said, like Sabrina's Morningstar's wedding dress, gorgeous. I loved it. You know, some things that I might want to replicate or at least at the very least sketch. That was worth noting. But if you made it this far and didn't look at it, please feel free to go ahead and watch all four seasons of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Let me know what you think. And maybe you can have a better understanding of the ending than I did. All right, fam, it's time to get into our listener-friendly asked questions. Tonight, I'm only going to answer two. I'm going to keep it relatively brief. Both of them are from um, anonymous askers. So the first question asks me, what's the most embarrassing thing I've ever done? (laughs) Oh, fuck. I did not prepare a list for this one because your girl has done some pretty embarrassing shit. Um, Some for the sake of comedy, others because I blatantly fucked up. Um, The only one that comes to mind, and I can't stress enough, this, I died horribly of embarrassment, was, I believe this had to have been 2010. Me and my, at the time, boyfriend went to, I think it was still called Fangoria at the time, it is now called Monsterpalooza. We were there to support Repo the Genetic Opera. As in Darren Lynn Bowsman, I believe Darren Gordon Smith, the co-creator, Terrence Adunich was there, and some of the actors such as Bill Mosley and Nivik Ogre, or just known as Ogre from Skinny Puppy, which I am a huge fan of, was there. And I be- and of course my friend Spooky Dan, hi Spooky, I miss you, were there to do an interview for one of their panels. And afterwards, they were doing a signing. So me and my, at the time, boyfriend sat in and we did, you know, we watched the panel and went afterwards to the signing because we had a Fangoria magazine that had a Repo article in it. Um, I was kind of close to Terrence at the time. And, you know, he was always happy to see me. You know, he'll stop anything, do photos for me, because as Terrence has announced in the past, I'm his first fan. And... I gotta be honest, that's a little bragging right and badge of honor that I always carry with me. But in any case, um, we were going down the line getting autographs from everybody, including Bill Mosley, who, he's such a doll. Um, I mean, one of the repo shows I did in San Diego, he stabbed me in front of the audience while we were waiting, while the audience was waiting in line. I was dressed as a gentleman and he stabbed me, um, of course, with a fake knife and gave me all the hugs in the world, like, Oh, he's such a teddy bear. He's so great. But anyway, we make it down the line. And as we're getting towards Ogre, I guess an assistant to all to everybody ended up just bringing them fresh Starbucks. So everybody had a fresh drink and Ogre had just gotten his in his hand, his piping hot cup of coffee. And right as we were getting up to him, my bag that was on the my right shoulder, right at the edge of the table swung from behind me, swung around me in front, and knocked Ogre's coffee right onto his lap and onto the floor. Right as I walked up to him, I've never been so embarrassed in my life that this happened in the most public of fucking settings. 
and it happened to one of the godfathers of goth music. I, I mean that. Skinny Puppy predates Nine Inch Nails for the beginning of goth music. So he is a big deal. And I knocked it over on him. I was, I died. I had no words. I, I, I almost started crying. Like, I was like, please, Ogre, I'm so sorry. Please let me buy you another cup of coffee. I, I didn't mean for that to happen. He was so sweet. He could see how the, the watering of my eyes, he could see how embarrassed I was. He came and he gave me a hug anyway. And I never did buy him that cup of coffee. Believe me, I want to. I really fucking want to because that, oh my God, I can't stress enough how embarrassing that was. Um, but we actually buried that hatchet. I mean, not like there was really one to bury, but we buried that hatchet years later um, when we, well, when I missed my opportunity to be in the first Devil's Carnival, which is another Terrence Zadunich project few years down the road uh i as you may have heard in my friday the 13th uh episode with my friend auberlane i didn't get to be in the first one but i did still go to the premiere and afterwards there was kind of like an after party at a bar in culver city and i actually got to meet ogre at the bar and you know i sat down with him for a second and uh, you know i told him i was that dumb fan that knocked over his coffee and you know he was all cool about it he even offered to buy me a drink like, that's just the level of chill this man was. But yeah, that's going to answer the question of my most embarrassing thing I've ever done. There's others, like I said, that's just the one that comes to mind. Because again, it was in a public setting. It was someone I idolized. I fucked up, <laughs> in short. So that's going to answer that question. So thank you for that. Then next, and the last question for tonight is also from an anonymous uh, asker. And that is, once you get the vaccine and the world reopens, what's the first thing you want to do? Ooh, that's a that's that's a quite a lengthy list. Um, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. Even if I got the vaccine tomorrow and the world reopened, let's say hypothetically speaking, in February, there's a lot of public stuff I'm not gonna do right away. Not until like possibly April or May, because I'm just not that secure. And seeing how the rest of the of the world, my world of California, is handling this. Because keep in mind, right now, Los Angeles is probably the worst place to be in terms of epicenter of the of the COVID nineteen virus. So my faith in trusting that once everybody gets the vaccine, we're going to be safe to open up is very very low. But once I feel like I can trust the world again. I really miss movie theaters. I, I miss the, the, the griminess of it. I miss the gum on the floor. I miss that smell of butter popcorn as stale or as fresh it is, as it is. I miss that. Um, it's going to be a very, very long time before I trust going to concert venues. Like, I don't care what... I don't care if him makes a comeback show sometime soon. And you know I would... I live, breathe, and die by him and the heartogram. But I won't go to a concert at all in 2021 even if concerts are safe to go to tomorrow i'm just that that close proximity to people is not really flying for me but movie theater would probably be the top of the list and again once i'm a little more comfortable with bigger crowds because maybe i'm not the only one in this but 
are you, am I the only person that when I go out in public to, let's say, like the mall and I see a grouping of more than 10 people or more than just 10 people in a vicinity, I immediately get a headache? Because I'm going to be honest, that's how I feel nowadays. But once I'm safe, I feel safe around groups, like large gatherings of people, Disneyland and Universal Studios, I fucking miss my theme parks so much. I miss theme parks. I miss, you know, I miss rides. I miss attractions. I miss seeing people out in the world and loving life. Um, I'm not necessarily an introvert, nor am I an extrovert. I think I'm a beautiful balance between the two. But yeah, there's just sometimes I really miss outdoor life. Um, and theme parks being a big, big part of that. Like, I'm that kind of person that I've already planned what my first outfit's going to be going back to a theme park. And there's, I'm, I'm so meticulous about it that I have a, an outfit that I'm planned already just for Disneyland for the first day that I get to go back. And I have an outfit planned for the first day back at Universal. That's how meticulous and ready I am for, to go back to theme parks. Um, but like I said, that's not going to be for a while. Like I said, even hypothetically, if they opened up next month, I'm not doing it right away. I don't have that kind of faith and trust in California or Southern California, to be very honest with how badly we have the virus currently. But those are the main things I miss the most and I would love to see more of. I do. I also miss eating indoors in restaurants. I miss that immensely. Things that we seriously did take for granted. But that's all in due time. And like I said, I'm willing to be patient to get these things back. It's just uh, this virus, you know, what can you do? But that's going to answer my questions for tonight. I know I only answered two and I didn't get to everybody's. I'm sorry. But feel free to send me a DM in any of my social media inboxes if you have questions you would like me to cover in future episodes. Gather around, magic practitioners. It is time for your spell of the week. And tonight I am choosing the releasing addiction spell. Now for this, it is not required, but if possible, try not to eat any meat, chicken, or fish the day you plan to cast this spell. Meat can weigh you down. You need to feel as light as you can so you can open the doors of your psyche to easily remove and release your intention. Also, to eat meat is to have a dead animal inside you and you want as few negativities as possible. I myself am a carnivore, so I get it when eating meat is part of your life, but for this spell, go vegetarian just for 24 hours. For this spell, you will need scissors, a piece of black string, rope, cord, ribbon, yarn, or anything that can be easily cut. If you cannot find something black, any color will do. Black is just preferred. You will need a bowl and fill it with cold water. And for this, you absolutely do need a crystal. You will need a small quartz crystal. For this, you'll need candles. You will need a silver or gray candle to your left, a white to the middle, a black on the right, and set them in a row in front of you. For your formation, you will need a circle. You will need to be facing east. And the moon phase that works best is, in our case, a waning moon. You may also use a dark moon phase or no moon. The best days of the week to cast the spell is Sunday, Friday, Saturday, with Sunday being the most favorable. If you want to have any optional crystals with you, a chrysolite will work just fine. 
Now, as always, you want to come into your spells clean. So shower or wash your hands beforehand. Make sure you're in a place with no noise or distractions and keep your lights dim. Now, here is your affirmation. On this day, I've chosen to finally make a change in my life. I do this not because of anyone's influence, but because I do not like this part of me. The time has come because I say it is time. It was part of my evolution in life. I have been there and learned this is not how I want to spend my entire life. As the moon provides me with the positive strength and energy I need, and my higher power is my witness, I release my addiction to blank, say your addiction. I release the need to know all the answers I continue to ask myself about this excessive behavior. At this stage in my life, I open myself to positive change. I will separate myself from people and situations that will tempt me and continue to continue in the manner I have in the past. I know when I use my addiction for fulfillment, I will feel a void. I release my addiction to blank and repeat it three times. Now to perform your spell. Take your cord and tie it in a knot. This knot is your addiction that has kept you bound. Look at the knot and think of all the hardship and problems and addictions that addiction has caused you and others. Reflect for a while while you choose. When you feel ready, take your scissors and cut the string. Leave the knot hanging at one end. It does not matter if you cut to the left or the right of the knot, but do not cut the knot in the middle. Take the string, place it in your envelope, and seal it. Shake your hands three consecutive times away from your body as if you are shaking the addiction off yourself. With your candles lit, now say the following incantation. I find more strength here every day. My will is gaining, so I say. Take this concern, it now unbound. I am released, my soul is found. You may conclude this spell with your affirmation of, and so it is, blessed be, or amen, or whichever you choose. You may extinguish your candles on your own, or blow them out as you see fit. And that's it, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in on tonight's episode. I know if some of you were watching me on my Instagram, I had mentioned that I was actually going to release this episode a night earlier. And the reason it didn't end up happening was because I fell behind in watching all of the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And I really did want to go into this topic for this episode. And I was willing to push it back one night to do so. So I'm sorry if you were waiting for that, but we got it now. Um, as always, you can find me on any of my social media accounts. My Twitter is MoonchildNil. My TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube are MorningstarMoonchild. Please like, subscribe, follow, and share if you like what I do. And feel free to send me any messages in my inbox on topics you would like me to cover or if you have questions for me in my listener-friendly asked questions. And again, a big thank you to every single one of you who listen to my podcast, whether it be on Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere that streams podcasts. I truly appreciate my listenership from every single one of you, whether you live in LA County, whether you live in the same state as me, in the U.S. or across the globe, and always, of course, a special what's up to my international listeners that I appreciate every single one of you that I have. So thank you so much for that. Now, before I exit this episode for the night and the week, I 
really did not want to go to this topic, but I feel like this should be addressed. As of what happened technically yesterday or um, later earlier today, if that's what you want to look at it, we had a very big situation here in the U.S. where there was domestic terrorism that was done at Washington, D.C., and it seems like all my friends have started to pick a side on where they stand about all this, myself included, if I can be very honest. And I try my hardest to not talk about politics in my podcast because that's not the service I'm trying to bring. But I've also been getting a lot of questions in my DMs about how I feel about certain topics of politics. I, Which, don't get me wrong, I do appreciate that you guys don't ask me to cover politics, but it has been a lot of, well, this happened in the media. How do you feel about that? Or that and the other. I feel like right now I'm just going to set the record straight and hopefully I never have to come back to this topic again because this is not the service I want to bring to you guys as my listeners. I'm furious. I'm beyond fucking furious about what happened in Washington, D.C. with Trump supporters storming the gates and causing a riot and vandalism and looting in the on Capitol Hill. This is not justified at all. There's no way you can justify this. And I'm going to say this right now because I feel like there's a lot of misunderstandings about where I stand. And though I don't have to validate this to anybody, I'm just going to say it anyway. I'm independent, which means I don't choose either the Democratic or Republican Party. But if you're going to put me in a box, I do lean more towards being a Democrat. And in terms of being liberal or conservative, I am a liberal with conservative values. Okay? And what I don't like is the minute you hear the word Republican, you immediately associate it with Trump. And that's not where I stand. The way I see it is you can absolutely be a conservative and a Republican. And you and I can still be friends. Okay? The same way like back in 2009... Or beyond, I could sit there and tell you I'm an Obama supporter. You can sit there and tell me that you're a George Bush supporter. And that's perfectly fine. We can still get along and be friends. But what I can't sit here and accept and be okay with is if you tell me you're a Trump supporter. From all the horrible things he has tweeted, he has said, what he's been caught on film and audio saying... And people still support him. And not only that, what had just happened in the last 24 hours is unjustifiable. The man is a fucking swine. I'm saying it. And if this triggers some of my listeners, I'm sorry. But that is my stance on the topic. So in order to just clear the air about that, no, I am not a Democrat. I am an independent. But I lean towards Democrat to being a Democrat. I am a liberal with some conservative aspects, with some conservative traits. And that doesn't mean that I like Trump. This doesn't mean that I like Biden. I am just choosing what I want. And I'm not 100% believing what the media tells me. You can be an independent person and believe what you want to believe. And that is my stance on the topic. I hope to never bring it up again. I hope that answer satisfies anybody who's been asking me this question in some of my recent DMs. Because I really don't want to go down that road again. 
but in in just in the spirit of, of of being of human kindness and as i've said before kindness costs nothing spread it more we need it more america's a mess right now and by showing someone a little bit of appreciation and respect we just make the world a little bit better to get through right now so with that, guys, I look forward to talking to you again next week and sharing another episode of Midnight Tea. As always, kindness costs nothing, so spread it. Please be safe out there and blessed be.